Hey guys, welcome to Hope It Helps. Today's guest is Guillaume Portalier. Guillaume is the co-founder and COO of Wallaxy, which is a sales automation platform which allows you to prospect automatically on LinkedIn and by email. During this episode, we discuss his journey building at Wallaxy and how it differs from its competitors. We talk about the comparisons between a direct and indirect sales approach, how to launch a successful prospecting campaign, and why it's so important to optimize your sales funnel. And the last message he wanted to share is whatever you're trying to accomplish, approach it with focus and perseverance. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Guillaume Portalier. Correct? <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, I got it. Uh, welcome to the show, Guillaume. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. So Guillaume, you, like many of my other guests, uh, we got connected through LinkedIn. And interesting, interestingly enough, uh, you just told me that you found me through the platform that you've uh, that you built and that you developed uh, as well, which is what we're going to be diving in a little bit today. So I thought that's really cool. I'm like, okay, clearly it works because <laughs> it found me. Um, but um, yeah, I think the work you do is pretty interesting as someone in sales as well, I think. A platform like Wallaxi, am I pronouncing that right? That's it. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Um, is something I wish I had a couple of years ago uh, when I was doing sales. Uh, I think I was looking at it. I'm like, I could probably use it now for my business as well. So I thought it was just really interesting. Um, so I want to talk to you about that. You know, the story behind Wallaxi, um, and also dive into a couple of more things uh, from a sales perspective. And you know, I'm guessing anyone who created this kind of platform has a background in sales, because otherwise, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't have maybe the need for this kind of tool. Um, but before we get into everything, Guillaume, why don't you give all of us a little bit of background about yourself, and we'll take it from there. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm the uh, co-founder and COO of Wallaxy. Um, and as you've mentioned, Wallaxy is a sales automation uh, platform that is based both on LinkedIn and emails. And um, we created the tool three years ago. And, um, and so we went from uh, zero to uh, $6 million in annual recurring revenue. Um, wow. And yeah, we've learned uh, lots of things along the way. We've made uh, many mistakes as well. So I'm happy to share our journey. Awesome, man. Uh, and thanks so much for sharing that with us. Uh, so interesting, started three years ago. So was this a, sounds like this was, uh, came out of the, the necessity of COVID or am I wrong? Um, actually, it came out before COVID, um, okay. just a few months before. And you mentioned that, um, I probably had a background in sales because otherwise I wouldn't have the need for a <laughs> such tool, which is part true, part false. Um, okay. So give you okay. a bit of background of uh, where it came from, uh, the idea and sure. everything. Um, so we are four co-founders. Uh, two of us are a business guy. Um, so mainly I and my uh, cousin, who also is the CEO, and uh, two technical guys, so developers. and. Um, and so three years ago, so a bit more than that, so three years and a half ago, we were working on a totally different project. We were working on a, a tool to help camps owner uh, communicate with their clients. So here in the south of France, we have lots of camps. Uh, it's a bit of a niche market. Um, I know there are some camps as well in, in the US, but you know, apart from Spain, Italy, France, and maybe the US, it's, it's a very small uh, market. And, um, and so we worked on that project for uh, several months, almost a year. 
we've done pretty much uh, every mistake that uh, an inexperienced entrepreneur would do at uh, the beginning, uh, namely thinking that you have the best idea in the world, uh, that the market is ready for your product, and you um, are going to build something amazing without talking to potential clients. Uh, obviously, uh, this went uh, bad. Um, and, um, and yeah, so we were trying to find prospects and clients for our tool. And so we rapidly figured that the easiest way to do this would be to contact those people on LinkedIn because, you know, LinkedIn has a half a billion people on the platform. So whatever you're selling, it's absolutely certain that your prospects are on the platform. And we figured that it was quite uh, tedious, you know, to manually invite people, uh, sending them messages, etc. So we thought, I mean, one of the, uh, I, I used to call that a mistake, obviously it was not in, in hindsight, but uh, it was typically the thing we would do at the time. Uh, we were super unfocused. We would do many things at the same, ta at the same time. Um, and one of those things was to try to automate this process of contacting people on LinkedIn. And so in a matter of a few weeks, we built a small tool that was not designed to be uh, distributed. It was just, you know, an internal tool. Um, and uh, after, uh, you know, to automate our LinkedIn prospecting. And after a couple of, uh, of weeks, we were talking about this internal product to our uh, uh, network of entrepreneurs. And they were all like, uh, oh, that sounds like a, a crazy product. Uh, may I uh, try it or, you know, and um, it was funny at the time because we had no clients on our initial initial project. And uh, we thought, OK, so there's a, a, a product that we're trying to sell for like a year and we struggle to find a single client. And then there there's this product that we've built in like two weeks and we don't even want to promote it, but many people want to buy it. And so we thought, oh, OK, maybe we are into something. And um, and so and so from there, uh, it started. So at the time, it was called Prospecting, which was the uh, predecessor to Galaxy. Uh, maybe we'll come to that uh, uh, later on. And um, and yeah, and so and so we gathered some uh, beta testers during the um, the summer of 2019. And then on September 2019, we launched the product. And from there, we, 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 uh, we've seen a, a crazy growth. Uh, and so obviously, uh, what at the start was just a, um, a side project for our main product became our, uh, our main product. <laughs> that I, I love those kind of stories because it's you can't it happened by, you know, out of necessity, you know, for yourself. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, there's not only is there interest, that means maybe there's a potential market for it here. And now look where you are two and a half, three years later. And now that's the business. <laughs> so I love I love these kind of stories. I can relate uh, to a certain extent. So with my business, um, so I do podcast consulting. So helping, helping companies and brands uh, launch podcasts. And I'd been running my podcast for about a year and eight months, nine months. Um, and then people started asking me, you know, here and there, oh, you know, I want to start a podcast, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, so I'd help here, help there. Then my fiance is like, Khaled, you should charge, you should charge these people. You know what I mean? If it's your friends, okay, fine. But like, if it's some new person, you know, I'm just, but I'm just trying to be helpful. But I didn't realize that, oh, maybe there is something here. And 
you know, one thing led to another. Uh, kind of like you, I kind of fell into it by accident. One person's willing to pay, like, okay, and then there was another and another and another. And then, you know, out of nowhere, you kind of um, have a business and some clients. So I totally relate to that story um, quite a lot. Uh, I wanted to touch, uh, get into Wallaxy a little bit because so uh, when I was, uh, so I worked in Amsterdam in sales for, for corporates and for startups from 2017 to 2020. Um, and during that time, obviously, I was fresh into the field. I learned a lot about these kind of tools, you know, the email finding tools, you know, the automation tools. Uh, well, the, we used to use, uh, what was it? A sales loft. That was a tool that we were using at the time. I'm sure you're, f you're familiar. Oh, okay. I, I actually would be um, curious to have your feedback on the tool because uh, we have hundreds of competitors, um, among which we tend to be on the top tier, um, even the top, top 10, top 5, I would say. But there are really loads, loads of, of other tools on the market. And, you know, every tool sort of has his own niche into the market. Uh, for us, it's the... Um, uh, easy to use, easiness to use. So how the tool, uh, we, we basically focus on make the tool as easy as possible. So that's our niche market. And um, we tend to have a, a lower pricing. So we, we focus more on um, uh, solopreneur, freelancers, small business owners. Uh, and where Salesloft, I think, tends to focus on enterprise sales. But what, it's so funny because we're kind of competing product, but at the same time, we're so different. I mean, we're fully product at growth. So, you know, you don't have to, we don't even have a sales team. Uh, you just onboard yourself using our tutorial videos. Then you have a support chat and you pay without talk, talking to us. I mean, not on the phone and you have sales loft and on sales loft, you don't even have any screenshots or a video of how the product looks like and when you go up on on their landing page you have a, a very i mean for us french people uh, it's so different it's it's so different um the way we we do marketing and when you go on sales up it's like a a video like an inspirational video with uh, someone you know it's totally unrelated with the product in any way <laughs> and so for us it's super super weird and i don't even know what sales loft looks like and what it does exactly how it works um, and for us it's very strange because the, the our focus is on the product so anyway <laughs> no but that's 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 an interesting point that's kind of when i you kind of answered the question i was going to get into because like you correctly said there are a lot of competitors in this space you know there's you know, from companies like Sales Love to all the, you know, to other CRM tools, you know, the HubSpots and so on. So it is a big space, um, but it's interesting how you guys have approached it, that it is kind of a plug and play. And there's not too much input from me as the potential client in terms of being onboarded to the platform, using the platform, which makes both our lives, I think, a lot easier because... There isn't that in between, like you're not trying to, I don't have like, like the sales team selling me and then developing the contract and then, you know, doing all like all these additional things that would come up in a lot of potentially if you're using the bigger platforms, even like Zoho and stuff. Um, so I do have experience using a couple of the different ones. Um, honestly, I, I, look, I haven't to be very, to be transparent as well. I haven't used your platform yet. It looks very interesting. And I was do while I was doing my research, I'm like, I think this could be good potentially for my business. So I'm definitely going to be a, I'm definitely going to try it out. That's for sure. Uh, maybe I'll be able to give you some better, uh, a better, better, better feedback after that. But 
from my perspective, what I've seen so far is it seems pretty simple, seems intuitive. I like the, um, the analytics that you provide, uh, that dashboard that you guys have kind of created so you can see, you know, how things are performing, what's going well. Um, but I wanted to come back to something. And this, okay, this is a personal thing as someone in sales. All right. I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. I know that email marketing still exists. And I know that's something that you guys, uh, you offer in your platform as well. Do you, th- and my question, like in my mind, the question I ask myself, I'm like, is email marketing dead now with all these other ways to engage with you, you know, through digital platforms? So I work for, with, in sales for a digital agency on the side as well. So I understand, you know, the digital side and targeting you through the Instagram and TikTok and how specific you can be and how the content can be a lot more engaging maybe a lot more targeted so i'd love to hear your thoughts on the i guess how powerful do you think or relevant do you think email marketing still is uh, today yeah so i think before uh starting this conversation we should differentiate email marketing and cold emailing which are two different things and so okay. what we hear by um email marketing is basically using a, an email base of uh, users or customers or maybe prospects, but some people that have um, given you their email addresses. And um, for example, email marketing for us is our transactional and drip campaign email we send to our users, for example, uh, day two after they sign up, day five after they sign up. This for us is email marketing. So it's used to onboard you around the product, um, promote certain features, uh, send you articles, interesting articles, you know, basically nurturing our user base. And cold emailing is a, a totally different uh, field. It's um, sending unsolicited emails to prospects to sell something. Uh, whether your exactly. service, your product, or an, uh, you know an ID, or you want to meet someone, network. The, the uh, uh, use cases are almost endless, but you the the very difference is in the uh, unsolicited, because when you're doing email marketing, um, you know your prospects has at any um, point in time given you. Uh, his or her email address and they have the possibility to opt out and subscribe you know you 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 have an unsubscribe link in the in the description um, and usually those emails are sent to uh, thousands sometimes uh, hundreds of thousands of people and cold emailing is a, a more targeted approach um, you spend some time first to because the email um, you know you have to find the email yourselves because the people didn't give you their, their, their email. So you have to, to spend some time retrieving the email in some way and also segmenting your um, uh, list so that you only send um, a few hundreds of email um, and you have uh, many um, you have many points to, to, to bear in mind, uh, especially around, uh, of course, your copywriting, but uh, before that, all you, well, it's a bit technical, but all the uh, DNS setup um, and basically how you set up your email providers so that you maximize your 
deliverability rate um, because um, you know email inbox are um, are meant to filter the unsolicited email and so you have to yeah. go through that um, wall basically and make sure your your prospects get the email so um, so I think it's the first um, distinction to have in mind and then is it dead uh, certainly not I think we've seen a, an increase in the use of those uh, automation um, and so you tend to receive more and more uh, cold outreach um, so it's not dead um, That's true. so I would, I would say and you mentioned all the other digital platforms that exist and I think uh, all those way goes um, hand in hand and so um, we tend to see you know the more the, the more points of contact you have with a prospect and the higher chances are that your prospect re will respond favorably anytime in the future so um, for example you might uh, start with an outreach uh, message to a prospect but then uh, and then he or she will click on your links for example but even without really engaging with your platform or anything but you know with all the tracking system with the cookies etc you will be able to um, uh, show this person maybe some Facebook ads Instagram ads TikTok ads whatever um, and so for sometimes weeks or even months you have this person that sort of is around your uh, product or have some reminders from some time and then on the long term the uh, chances of this person having a, a good opinion of your products is increasing and maybe this person doesn't really need your product or service at the time but you know in two months three months four months sometimes years after that they will have your brand in mind and then when they will have the needs that that will be straightforward okay i want to use Wallaxi for example because you know uh, one year ago i had no need for sales prospecting and now I have and so that's the brand I know and you know so I think it's, it's not dead um, however you have a point in saying that um, I think especially the LinkedIn part because you know you have a LinkedIn outreach and email outreach and these are again I think two different things um, because LinkedIn outreach is so easier than email outreach because you know on LinkedIn you have all those profiles you don't even have to get their email addresses because you contact them on LinkedIn directly and email is a bit different you have some technical setup to to uh, to set up um, uh, you have also the need to retrieve those email addresses so people that are into the email uh, the cold emailing are a bit more savvy and so they know that they need to segment their list properly they tend to have a better better copywriting skills um, but what we've seen in, in I would say the last three four years is um, a popular popularization of um, the LinkedIn outreach and so yes it's true that it works less now than maybe four years ago or it was still niche and it was so easy to get replies and, and, and success with your uh, LinkedIn outreach campaign because people were not really aware that you could automate this. So with a, a very simple personalization, such as a, hey, a first name, a, I've seen your work at company name, for example, you know, very, very ultra basic. 
Um, but four years ago, it was, uh, you know, it was uh, something. You, you, you thought, oh, okay, this person is reaching out to me personally. It, it worked way better than email at the time because at the time it was already known that, you know, um, you're not the only person to get this email. Uh, but on LinkedIn, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't the case, you know. Um, and so, yes, it's true that, um, yeah, it evolves a bit on the LinkedIn side. And now you have to be more uh, thoughtful in how you segment your list, who you're targeting, and also what message you write. So, yeah, um, I think I think you made a very good point that um, it sounds like from your perspective that LinkedIn is LinkedIn has become what email marketing was a couple of years ago in the sense of um, the the difficulty and not only getting you know like getting the the prospect to open your message. I remember you know so okay we can dive into we can dive deep into all this about what's the best way to do it um, you know from the the title and then you know how personalized the message is the length of the message you know the frequency of uh, how long email and the type of content that comes in each email you know the the opening email the like last chance uh, so to speak you know email uh, <laughs> I can see you smiling you know <laughs> you know what I'm talking about um, and um, I know. So LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn, I think is a good thing to talk about because your tool is, I understand it's a sales prospecting tool, but one thing that I like when I was looking at it too, is yes, that while that is the goal of the tool, it also does have a secondary function, which is it's a, looks like it's a great network building tool because it gives you the ability to reach out to a lot of different people that you might be interested in a certain titles or so on um, uh, at what you know in a very short in a very short time frame and I think that is more of an um, indirect way to you know generate sales and like clients and like you correctly said just because you could connect connect with someone like you were saying or email someone like today but then they don't. They don't need you right now. They're not interested. It's not on their radar. But you know, you've been. You're around. You're po- you're active. You know, they see you keep popping up. So when that need comes, boom. Like okay, let's try. Let's try to Guillaume. You know, I think he knows. He seems to know what's going on. Um, one thing I've noticed with LinkedIn is like nowadays. Now that I'm, <laughs> it's so funny when you change title and you're like, oh, like a sales associate. You don't get like any in mails. You don't get anything. And then you're like, oh, like founder or whatever. And you just get bombarded like you must get it too like and it's so and sometimes i'm like why did you think i was the right person for this like i have nothing no interest not the right category nothing at all um so i guess what i wanted to ask you now is how has your experience been um from a success rate i guess with linkedin compared to email marketing let's say over the last year two years what would you what what would that you know discrepancy be Yeah, so interesting enough is um, at the beginning, we were using our tool intensively to generate our first um, sales, our first uh, to get our first prospects and users. Um, But now we don't we don't do any sales prospecting anymore. So um, I wouldn't be able to tell you from our side um, what are the uh, differences. Um, And the truth is, to be fully transparent, we don't even at least not yet, we don't even really um, dive into our users' statistics, into their success rates on the email part and the LinkedIn part. 
the truth is, so we we'll to do multi-channel prospecting. So send uh, messages both on LinkedIn and via email. But our first tool, so prospecting at the time, was only on LinkedIn. And so when we built Wallaxi, we tried to add the email component. But for now, we are more known in the space as a LinkedIn outreach tool rather than a, as an email outreach tool. And so for now, I would say only 15 to 20% of our uh, uh, client base really use the email feature. So the, the very bulk of our clients are only on the LinkedIn side. Um, yeah. So link so it sounds like you know LinkedIn has become the new almost the new the new focus this is the arena this is where everyone is and uh, a point a good point that you made is you don't have to with if you're using LinkedIn as <clears throat> sorry as the approach you don't need the email because you can find any you can just search a name you know you can find the profile but you I think you mentioned something which is important um, I'd like to I'd like you to just explain to us a little bit more and for anyone in sales I think this is useful in terms of your seg how you're segmenting and and like your mindset when you're reaching out and like doing this kind of prospecting yeah i think and again as people tend to be bombarded with messages and emails um you have a, a tendency to think that this does not work anymore because you are you know your attention is so scattered and you don't have a you don't even read those messages anymore but the truth is everything I, I think so there are really two components in how a, a prospecting campaign will perform the first is your copywriting skills so your capacity to write a convincing convincing message that will resonate with your prospects and the other one is your segmentation so before doing anything and using any platform, it's doing a bit of introspection and thinking hard about, okay, what am I selling and what pain am I solving? And who are the people that are interested by my product or my service? And this can, this can take a bit of, a, of time, you know, and it's not always For straight, sure. straightforward. And sometimes you think you have a certain persona, but it, it turns out you have another, your real persona is another one. And I think we've all went through this and, and, and us as well. And at the very beginning, we thought, oh, okay, we're building a tool for growth hackers. Um, and it was so funny because our first prospects were growth hackers and they all told us, come on, man, you have a, a, a very simple product. You can only do invite and message and LinkedIn. I can do this like uh, since 10 years, I can automate uh, this process. It's, it's nothing revolutionary. Um, and you know we were like oh okay so maybe they're not our ideal prospects and yep. then and then we we started to uh, contact business uh, business developers as people um, and less tech savvy people and we realized that those were our ideal prospect because they they were not really tech savvy and at the time so again it was four years ago so the space was a bit different than than now but uh, you needed a bit of technical skills to manage your uh, sales prospecting and, and all the automation part. And so those, sure. those people that were really focused on sales, they were super happy with uh, using a, a, a very easy product. Um, and so that's the first time we, we 
again, we, we, we failed at finding who were our persona, at least um, in our first shot. And so that is the work that you need to do. And then once you have a clear idea of who you want to target, then you have to find those people. And it's not as easy as uh, it might it might look, even on LinkedIn, because your prospects are on LinkedIn, but then you have to play with the filters to basically end up with a list of, of people that correspond, that matches those prospects. But it's not as easy as, as people think because, so obviously you need to use the sales navigator option on, on LinkedIn yeah. because the standard yeah, yeah. LinkedIn search is just a, a crap. But even with the sales navigator that provides lots of filters, you know, you don't have all the filters that, for example, Facebook would provide if you want to perform Facebook ads where, you know, you can filter with a political opinion, you know, very, very uh, uh, precise things. On LinkedIn, you, for example, for example, you don't have a, a filter for, I don't know, people who want to lose weight. So you have to think, okay, with those filters, how can I try to end up with a list of prospects that actually match, um, you know, the results that I want to have? So, and, and, and that's very important. Um, and I think most of the work is in finding the right people, because if you have the perfect message, but that you're targeting the wrong people, you better have the perfect message you know it won't it won't be interesting for your prospects and on the opposite if you are targeting exactly the right person you won't need a perfect message to to get a, a you know a, an answer an interest at least um, because the, the person is really in your in your target audience and i can i can totally relate being on on both sides Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm receiving uh, dozens and dozens of uh, unsolicited messages per day on, on LinkedIn and also via email. And I would say 80 to 90%, I don't even read or, you know, I just uh, screen. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I instantly see that I'm not the right person. So I don't read the message, uh, let alone answer. But sometimes I screen and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely in the right target. And then, you know, I answer, oh, I would be interesting to know more. Maybe we can have a call, etc. So I think if you if you um, manage to target the right people, it really works. But, it, you know, it takes a bit of time. It takes a bit of tweaking with the sales navigator filters and get to know the platform, you know, LinkedIn, namely. Um, but I think it, these are the uh, most import, important factors in, in how you, you you manage your campaign. And yeah. Yeah, I think uh, so many great points there, Guillaume. Uh, first of all, uh, I think you said it perfectly, you know, the best message with the wrong audience or the the best audience with not the best message. I'd rather go for option two because at least I know I'm getting to the people I want. And like you said, I think on I believe that filtering and like searching and like create like finding that is an art in itself you know to be able to it really is and it 
it doesn't it's not something you get good at all at once like for, in your example you know at the beginning you guys were hitting you know the wrong people even with my business or like we've been running digital ads for the last few months and then you know i was we like to run it for a quarter to see like is this the right target is it the right people besides the number of leads are we these are the kind of clients like we're looking for and it takes time. It takes time to adjust. It takes time to be like, oh, we're targeting corporates. Okay, so we need to change the branding. We need to change the messaging. Like there's, it's a, I think it's an ongoing iterative process. But once you find it, once you can lock it down and you test it out and you're like, oh, okay, this is proven now. We know this is our target market. I think that takes care of a lot of a lot of the work for you because they're going to get what you're talking to them about and not only that they're interested in what you're selling to them or potentially selling to them um one thing about linkedin and <laughs> this is something that uh, i i think back to like my days when i was uh, working in sales so one of the companies i worked for was a medical a med tech startup so you linkedin is a very interesting world because email marketing kind of like what you're talking about um, the difference between email marketing in terms of updating your clients uh, existing client lists or people that are you know or like you know uh, giving them newsletters that's fine you're, keep, you're keeping them engaged but cold like you said is completely different and that's you know so we were doing cold and I would reach out on LinkedIn as well so the cold you know would run by itself every you know every once in a while, I would adjust it to tweak to see what the open rates would be, what would the responses and so on. LinkedIn was, I had a different approach, which would be, I I would, my approach was, I'm going to post, I'm going to be active, post uh, industry relevant stuff. And then I'm going to just reach out to connect with you, be like, hi, my name is Khaled. Uh, I'm constantly posting stuff about our industry. I uh, would love to connect. That's it. So I was trying to, it's, you're trying to get in without selling yet. And I think there's an art on how can you how can you connect with like how do you sell someone without selling them? You know what I mean? Because any in mail, kind of like what you were talking about, if I get an in mail, automatically I know I'm trying to be sold something, which is which is true. Besides of how it's usually like, hi Khaled, we noticed you are blah 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 blah, and so on. So. I guess I'm curious from your perspective is something that I figured out 100% yet. It's I think you always learn uh learn from it. So how do you how can you come across as not too salesy? Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I totally get what you're saying and that's a very interesting because most salespeople um I talk to tend to have the same idea and the same approach and I have a totally different one and quite the opposite and I will I will explain that. I will explain um the common indeed the common advice that you have in sales is when you're doing sales prospecting and, and call outreach don't look too salesy try to be interested in your prospects problems before everything else engage try to engage the conversation and then you know slowly but surely you'll have the opportunity to sell whatever you're selling and and so i i see it the other way around because as in the last three to four years we've seen an explosion in the cold outreach and everything that goes around and especially this advice you tend to see now people that send you messages in how uh, hey uh, 
um, I'm interested in what you're doing, I would be happy to connect, and then they follow up, hey, uh, uh, is this a problem for you? Um, uh, I would be curious to have your opinion, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, when you get 20 messages such as this one per day, you're not full. You, you know that this person will sell you something at some point. And I don't think people are replying to those messages because they know what will happen in the end. And I tend to see the opposite. And for example, so again, now we're not prospecting really anymore, but back in the days uh, when we were promoting uh, our products uh, and we had a, a, a small uh, a side project products uh, that was basically a, a, a LinkedIn messaging overlay, so a LinkedIn messaging um, tool uh, that would replicate the LinkedIn messaging, but by adding other features that were quite interesting, such as uh, the possibility to have saved replies, because you know when you do prospecting, you tend to repeat the same thing over and over again um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in the in the answers. Um, you yeah. also have a tag system, uh, a, not, a follow up system, and a reminder system, where a, a snooze or some sort of a snooze feature. And and anyway, and so and so when we were trying to get beta testers for this product, our approach was very different. We would be ultra direct. Um, with our with our uh, messaging and um, messages, sorry. And so what we would do is, we would use a basic uh, invitation plus message sequence. And in our invites, we would say, "Hey, first name," uh, something like, "Hey, first name." Do you manage more than ten messages per day on LinkedIn? Um, if so, you might be interested in Piwa, so the product called Piwa. Um, uh, it's a LinkedIn messaging platform uh, that adds the feature ABC. Uh, if you're interested, uh, here's a link to, to sign up to our free beta, uh, beta product. Um, and then uh, a follow-up message, I don't remember, but basically a follow-up that would, you know, um, ask if the person has read the message or anyway, I don't remember, but that's not the point. The, the, the point is really that, in and this goes against, I would say most of uh, the common advice in sales because you're a direct sales, you um, have a link in your message. But the thing is, so we started with a question and that helps instantly segments. So either the person is managing less than 10 messages per day LinkedIn. And so it's no problem. She or he won't be interested and, and, and that's fine because our product is not for those type of people. But to the contrary, if the person actually manages more than 10 messages per day on LinkedIn, it's absolutely certain that what we were about to say will resonate with them because it's such a pain that this would resonate. And our call to action was a, a link to sign up for a free beta, a free product. So it's, again, it's not as if we were about to sell directly something. It was, in the end, it was for a free product. Um, and so this worked very well because first we, we, because so for the listeners that are not really aware, but on LinkedIn, if you want to send a message to someone, you first have to send an invitation and then the, the person has to accept the invitation. Um, but it turns out that you can actually send a small messages, messages with your, um, with your invite, uh, less than 300 characters. And by adding our prospecting message in this short note, um, invites, we were able to put our message to 
the totality of the, the prospect that we were contacting. So this helped a lot as well. And um, and yeah, I think I think it worked well because again, if I'm on the other side, if I have someone that is trying to uh, reach out to me to talk, basically, you know, I don't have time to talk to strangers. So either you have something, I'm the correct target and you have something that can interest me and you're just pitching it to me, but you know, by staying very short in your message, a clear, a clear value proposition, a clear explanation of why you think I'm the right person and a clear call to action, which is basically the um, structure that we had in our prospecting message. And you know, if it, if it takes less than 15 seconds for me to read it and understand that indeed I might need it, and that, that's fine. I, I will book that call, I will answer to know more. Um, but if you're, if you're uh, trying to reach out to me and have an answer to me and you know, how, how is it going? Is it a, you know, what do you think about? And I won't even reply because I know what will happen in the end and you didn't provide me with a clear explanation of why you wanted to reach out to me. Um, so again, I, you know, everyone has his own view on this, but I think yeah. it's interesting to also has this totally opposite uh, view. Um, I think, <laughs> I think you, I think that last sentence <clears throat> is probably the most important one, which is, I think there's just there's different schools of thought with this, you know. So I see both sides. For example, I see one side which I have done and which happens to me a lot these days, which is. Um, just trying to connect, you know, no, so there's no stress on you to, you know, connect, uh, connect with me, you know, to get you in, try to build that relationship, whatever, so that when the time comes, I feel like, okay, now I can sell to you. I'll do that. That's one thing. So on that's one side, your side is a lot more direct. It's like, I'm trying, you're reaching out. I'm trying to sell you straight away. This is what the, my, th is this a problem you struggle with? This is what we offer. If you're interested you know, let's have a conversation, let's do that. So in both, I see advantages in, and disadvantages in both, which obviously there is. On my side and what I've realized now, because once, you're, once you've worked in sales and you would know this too, you know what a salesy email, like you know what that feels like, you know the, the taste of that message, you know how it's like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever, I've, I've, se I've sent these myself. Um, I think with my way and now being on the other side of it um, now is what I don't like is it feels once if you've connected with me in that way, you're just like, oh, Khaled, you know, I like what you do. Let's connect, whatever. And then you try to sell me. I feel like in a way you, ha you haven't, but I feel like I've been tricked. You know what I mean? And that really puts me off. You know, I'm like, oh, it's just they. So you <clears throat> there was no genuine. It was not genuine. Your connection. You know what I mean? Um, so that's one side. Uh, your side is interesting. I haven't looked at it from that perspective. Um, and I do like it. I like, I, I try to, I prefer a more direct approach. And in your way, it's very simple. Then what I like about your way is that there's no bullshit here. Like I'm selling to you, like I'm selling to you. And it does one of two things. Either you're interested uh, or, or you're not. So um, no matter what the situation is, you still get a better understanding of either this is not the right prospect, this is not the right type of client and so on. And when it works out, it works out. So it's great. And I think it helps clear a lot of, you know, the wrong people out the way to get you to the people you want. So that's a very <clears throat> refreshing approach, uh, I would say. Yeah, and, and to complete what you were saying, uh, and to be fair, there's no 
um, you know, both tactics works and it really depends of on course. who you are, what you're selling and who you're targeting. And of course, if you, because in our case it worked because uh, what I didn't mention also is we were still very small at the time um, and I was doing most of the automation, but obviously I had hundreds of uh, uh, tons of other, other things to do. So the, I would say to be, to be fair, that the very reason I would do that is I simply didn't have the time to engage the conversation. So I needed a direct mm. approach with a link because, you know, I wasn't even yep. able to, to, you know, entertain a conversation. So that was the main reason. Um, and it was a free product. So I would, you know, I would not do a demo for a free product. We don't, we don't even do demos for our, our paying product now. So can you imagine for a free product? Certainly not. Oh, wow. Um, okay. But so that's one thing. So. If you're selling a very scalable product that costs uh, nothing or almost nothing, it makes sense. It might make sense to use this uh, direct approach and, and target as... Uh, and also, it depends on who you're targeting and if you have yeah, an unlimited number of prospects or not. In our case, obviously, as you can imagine, people that are receiving and managing more than 10 messages per day on LinkedIn, this represents an infinite number of prospects, clearly. Um, yeah. But yeah. if you're selling something that has a very finite number of prospects, I don't recommend this approach. And then the other approach makes much more sense. And if you're selling mm. a product or a service that costs in the uh, a dozen of, uh, of uh, thousands of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars per year, obviously yeah. you want yeah, to get into the conversation, trying yeah. to uh, be interested by your prospect. But I, what I would say is if you're into this technique, then you need to be a hundred and a hundred and fifty percent into it and namely almost don't automate it because if you're sending a message um, that resembles every other message you, you know you need to if you want to really engage with the conversation you need to find a way to personalize your message so that only your prospect could have received this message because otherwise you know Nobody is really um, uh, tricked by this anymore again. Um, yeah, yeah, you want to engage with the conversation, but you probably send these to hundreds of other people. So you, I don't think you really want to speak to, speak to me precisely. Uh, but if mm -hmm. you manage to either by ultra personalizing your message or manually contacting those people, if you manage to ultra personalize your approach, um, and then I think it, it helps to really engage with the conversation. And then in this case, it, it makes much more sense to go into the indirect approach. So yeah, it was just to complete a bit. No, and I think that's a that's a very important point that you mentioned um, in the sense of it is very it's very context relevant. It's relative, you know, to industry, to the product, to the size of it, to whatever. So you know, different approaches are there for different reasons and so on. And these aren't the only two. I'm sure there's another million that people do. We're just speaking about the ones that we we both have done and how they're different. Um, but one thing with yours is what I what really stuck out to me was time. Like now, like you said, people, my attention span is, um, you know, I can barely watch like a, ten, a, a, a couple minute TikTok anymore because I'm just like, you know, <laughs> and it's just scrolling. Um, so time is a very, is a very important factor. So, you know, being conscious of someone's time, taking that into account with whatever approach you use or however you want to do it is an important thing. Um, I wanted to, I just have a few more questions for you, Guillaume. So this is one that, this is, uh, this is one that, 
everyone there's no right answer and everyone has a different perspective so uh from one salesperson to another to get your thoughts on this so as you know in sales you could do everything right your outreach was on point your follow-up was perfect you did you could have done everything right to manage a prospect and to manage a potential client and sometimes it just doesn't work out their projects get postponed um they change their mind uh, they go with someone else whatever so there's only so much you can control and i'm very aware of that and i think in general sale in general sales people are so taking taking that concept and bringing it into the conversation of the importance of having an optim a, a funnel and an, uh, not just a funnel an optimized uh sales funnel so if I could do everything right and it still not work out, okay, fine. So having an optimized funnel, does that mean that you, it's, does it just become, is the optimized funnel just a numbers game? I'm not just talking about quality. Of course, the quality is important, but you also need volume because of like, let's say a hundred, you have a hundred people in the funnel. You speak to like 50 of the 50, 20 are genuinely interested. Of the 20, you know, uh, f 10 are really, really want to do it. And of the 10, you might sign like five. So does it become that sales in a way, in a way, not exactly, is purely a numbers game? I, I think it is. Um, though, again, it depends on the size of your market if you have a very limited market um, the stakes are obviously higher because overall having a um, a super optimized funnel only serves and and is only useful in optimizing the number of clients you will have starting with uh, X prospects, um, but then the so you can either, I mean, you can work on optimizing your your funnel, and and you should do that obviously. But then, at some point, you're better off simply adding more people to the funnel rather than tweaking some bits here and there to you know uh, have uh, one percent more answer rate. Uh, um, and and yeah, I, I do think that in the end, it's only a matter of numbers. Uh, but again, it depends on the size of your market, um, what your sales process looks like. Be because um, in some, in, I mean, in our funnel, it's uh, it's really scalable because we don't have any sales people intervening at any point in time. So whether um, whether we put a hundred people or a hundred thousand people in the in the funnel, for us it's almost the same. Not exactly, but almost the same amount of work of, of human work. But if you're into a sales process that involves salespeople that provide the demos, account mm. manager that are here to um, um, uh, really uh, have uh, have the deal. Uh, make the deal. Uh, it's a different. It's a different matter uh, because if you put too many people into the sales funnel, 
um, you might end up with the need of more people, so more cost, and then, you know, it changes a bit the equation. Um, so yeah, it, it depends on first your the size of your market uh, and also the structure of your sales process. But I think, yes, um, in, in a lot of cases, in the end, it, it's a matter of sheer volumes. Yeah, um, I think you made a good point, though. <clears throat> um, I'm glad we agree on the the vo the I guess the the numbers part, but I think an interesting point to that should be within you know that kind of sentence is the size of your market, um, because that's gonna really affect how you're gonna approach it. And but like you said, you only you can only get to a certain point of tweaking and optimization before it's you're gonna have almost diminishing returns in a way if you're not adding you know uh, anyone else into the thing. So no, I think that's a that's a really really good point. Um, Guillaume, I just have two more questions for you. Uh, these are questions I ask all my guests. Um, first of all, um, if you're looking back either personally, professionally, um, at your life, whatever, if I ask you the question, what are you most proud of for yourself? What would you say? Um, yeah, I think, um, I think it, would ha it would be to have created, um, we didn't really talk about it, but um, our, uh, we have a, a very special culture, I would say. Um, and this stemmed from the fact that, so we are uh, very, very young, um, 28, 28 years old, and um, I'm the oldest guy, uh, oldest founders at least. And so when we started the company, we were like uh, 21, 22, 23, and 25, something like that. Wow. And so we had no experience whatsoever, uh, but we had a vision of um, how the professional work looks like because our parents are uh, working in you know uh, classic companies and um, and we figured that this was not really our ideal ideal uh, professional vision I mean this was not the type of companies we would be happy to work with and, and work in and um, and so we tried to implement a very special culture of um, responsibilities freedom and I know I know it sounds uh, bullshit and you know every people and every entrepreneurs uh, and startups um, tell you the same story I tend to, to tell you the same story but I think we went quite far into into this um, and you know most people that come in our company whether for um, 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 you know, when, when they, uh, when in our in our hiring process, for example, uh, even though we speak a lot about our values, our culture, and how crazy we are, uh, for example, we have a, um, a bowl swim, uh, swimming bowl, I'm, I'm not sure how you say in English, but um, basically a pool with like a 25,000 bowl in it. Um, uh, we have a- Oh, okay, like a ball, like a ball pit kind of thing. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. And, okay, okay. And we, you know, like the, the uh, children uh, uh, playing yeah, yeah, plays yeah. in McDonald's when when they are five or six years old. And uh, we have a hammam. We have like a, we do we do crazy things like we light barbecue with like a flamethrower. Um, and um, and yeah. And so and so all that to say that I I think one of the um, uh, proudest thing uh, is uh, yeah the. This uh, this culture that we've created, um, yeah, 
No, I think that's 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 really that's really humbling to hear, man. And I think I can't believe you guys started it when you did, and at like the ages that you guys have. Like, <laughs> I would have never been able to do anything anywhere close to that at that age. I'm about to turn 32, and only now, and I'm like, oh, okay, now I'm like ready to do these kind of things. Um, so um, but kudos to you man and congrats on you know the culture that you've created um you know i've worked at startups to uh, other startups as well and i know that it's always been my kind of culture you know compared to like a corporate thing um and i guess just my 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 little tip of advice from the places i work just do everything you can to maintain that culture you know as you guys grow that's the only thing i would say um and from my last question guillaume what is the message you'd like everyone to take home with them today um I would say it's a bit funny because uh, we, we did not our beginning, but it's uh, be focused, uh, whatever you're trying to do, um, whether you want to start a company or even, you know, be better at what you do. In the end, I think it's a, a matter of focus and perseverance uh, as well. Couldn't have said it better myself, man. Uh, focus and perseverance, like you said, um, I think you could read and watch and listen to 10 million people and success, people who have <clears throat> built companies, been successful, or no matter what areas, it always took, you know, a combination of those two things. So, you know, I think that's a message that everyone can relate to. Uh, Guillaume wanted to say thank you so much for coming on the show, man. This has really been a lot of fun. It's fun, like, I don't always get, the, it's fun to, you know, go back and forth on, like, sales ideas and techniques and your experience and mine. So it's been a lot of fun and learn, definitely learned a lot of new things. I will 100% be a user of this tool. I'm definitely going to test it out and i'll actually give you you know some proper feedback on what, what i think and how it's worked for me um but for again for people who want to reach out to you work with you guys connect with you where can we get in touch yeah sure so um uh, as my name is very hard to pronounce for a non non-french speaker i would simply um provide you with a, a link to my uh, linkedin uh, profile and people can reach out to me uh, on, on linkedin and also i will um, uh, give you a link to a link uh, if people want to know more about Wabaxi and also get two months for free um, in for the product. So I'll give you those uh, two links and uh, you'll be able to to share it with the audience. Awesome. Perfect, perfect. Guys, you heard it here. If you're interested in reaching out with Guillaume, just you can check him, you can find him on LinkedIn. If not, go to Wallaxi W A A L axy.com to find out about their platform and more about what they do if you want to test it out uh, and Guillaume is also being very generous and giving you guys a link with two months free so make sure to stay tuned to that uh, Guillaume thank you so much man this has been really fun super cool uh, it was a, a pleasure awesome guys so everyone listening thank you so much as always please make sure to like share follow and subscribe to the podcast at hope.it.helps on Instagram and as always guys hope it helps peace <laughs>